Now let's just go to this one. Oh, oh, oh. Receiving your content? Technology. It's technology. Hopefully he doesn't hey, ask for a password. Hey, guess what? It's alive. What's your we password? Out. What? I'm not <laughs> telling people now. <laughs> it's new now after last night. It's a changed password. Bosco. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's hit it, boys. Come here on Thursday nights. Every week we end our show with a catchphrase we call C-U-N-T. See you next Thursday. Thursday, Pete. Thursday. Today we'll notice it's not Thursday, people. It's Friday because Pete is not a very bright boy. He bought new equipment and never paid attention to it the whole time he owned it. Because he's a fool. But people, I promise you. I promise you that I, I came here on this Friday night to make it up to you. We've got a stellar crew in tonight. We've got some real surprise guests. I don't know if you see Sweet Sweet Kelly over there, but I'm excited. Yeah. There's only one way to get the show started, people. How's that, Peter? It's a little thing we do in this program called Theme Song. I missed it.
Michael Moore on drums, folks. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone live from the Dutch Hall. We are Canada's only late night talk show and the greatest podcast ever to come out of the pool shed in Pine Grove, Ontario, bar none. Because I believe we are that way because we have the greatest band in Canadian late night history. The Nocturnal Emissions comprised hey. this week of what I believe is one of the finest lineups I've ever seen. I'd say. This is a trio comparable to, I say, Nirvana. I would say. It would have to be. Pretty much. On lead guitar, we have someone that would easily trade for Dave the Rooster Charters. If they would take him in the McCartney years, I would trade no one question. for one, no question. A bag of pox I throw in, whatever I can do. For Braden Akuman, everybody, he's here tonight. Hey. He's a first string uh, replacement player, right? Yep. First string. First call. Yeah. Beside him, people, you're going to say that's got to be the balls of the Nocturnal Emissions. What the heck? The balls of the Nocturnal Emissions cannot be German. Ball, but German ball. <laughs> I, will, I will assure you, people, Steve, that's Steve the Reluctant German. Steve! And he's hey. not going to out the balls, people. Our regular ball for the Nocturnal Emissions, Whiskey Wes Hagens, has a little headache and he doesn't want to come. I'll tell you, Wes, you were my favorite last week. You've been demoted right to the bottom, just above <laughs> Steve, just above the German. <laughs> Beside him tickling the skins, that's not the French tickler, that's the Dutch tickler, that's the band leader, that's our vocalist tonight. He's doing it all. That's my cousin Michael Bowe. Let's hear it for him. And you know at the bar today we have a just an all-star cast. We have our bartender who's done a great job tonight. Actually, in five years, is one of the best. is It's one of his highlight nights. Technical lead too. Yeah, he's it's my brother. He's our bartender. He's our uh, bus driver. He's Paul Van Dyke. People, let's hear it for him. And tonight we said it's a big night. It's a Friday night. We got a weekend. We can sleep in tomorrow. So we need an assistant for the bartender. So we called in the greatest assistant we've ever had. You might remember her as a barista on some of our morning shows. Oh, sweet. She's also sweet one of the Kelly. sweetest women I know. Sweet, sweet Kelly, everyone. And now the host of this program is the two-time two President's two Club Award winner, Pete Van Dyke folks. Double symbol. <laughs> All right, we're going, and even though we're doing it on a rare Friday night, there are people watching on YouTube Live right now. Oh, really? Yeah, hey already there. they found us and they're on. They're saying we're Cheers. going. We're gonna we're gonna join these idiots for a Friday night. And I'll tell you what happened. It's all my fault. Last night, I have a board. I bought a new board with the money we got from our listeners and the money we got from uh, people that went on Amazon and people that went to. Uh, buy meat at VG's and all the people that went to go to Norpac. Paul, are you deaf? <laughs> oh, the beef people? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen no pepperettes yet, so. Oh, I see. Oh, we're going to go right out to Norpac right now. Paul mm, will. The beef people. Delayed. Paul reluctantly <laughs> goes the beef people now. Wow. <laughs> because we have not been fed by Norpac. No, that's true. 
the reluctant the beef, beef people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see that, Matt? Do you see that beef? You will, you will not get an, a, a, an immediate beef people until we get pepperettes in this hall. And we don't give a fuck if you're busy at the farm show. Hey, maybe throw on a tomahawk steak. Yeah, oh. yeah that'll do. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about it. Until then, delayed. <laughs> until then, delayed. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, people gave us that money, and we through our sponsors and our listeners and donations from people who just thought what we were doing is cool, we were able to buy a new board. And you know what? Then we had uh, uh, someone that sold us a drum kit for 50 bucks. And I said, hey, man, 50 bucks? That's almost a steal. I'm going to take that drum kit and just going to put it in the hall, you know? like See what happens. See what happens. Mm -hmm. Then we started playing the drums because it's just sitting here. Why not play it, right? Then one of our listeners, I'll tell you, one of our listeners, Jay Kiffs, I don't know if you remember him. He's a guest of the show as well. We did live from Orangeville there, like. Yeah, friend ho- of the show, great friend of the show. Hosted us to one of our first live events. Oh, That's like right. uh, we we were uh, treated like gold. It was awesome. Oh. It was one of the greatest things I've ever done in my whole life to date. <laughs> it was awesome. Was, was awesome, the tour man. and that awesome. first night when we stopped at Jacob's house, maiden voyage, and, and it was completely like if you'd look at show business. Okay, we're in show business technically. Sure. We're in show business. <laughs> this is techni- very technically. Very technically, we're in show business, and this is uh, completely, completely like uh, I remember Milo. You remember Milo or Milo? Was it Milo? McMahon? McMahon. It was a musician out of Montreal. Yeah. He he had come on our show one time, and uh, I remember he said that he showed it to his dad in Montreal or something like that. I think it was him. I, I hate if I'm getting this guy wrong. It's probably somebody else. <laughs> But if, uh, but if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize. But anyways, he said, whoever this was, they said their dad listened. They were on the show. They, they played it for their dad. They said, this is pretty cool, right? And, then, right? and the dad said, you can't be a real show when you're smoking and drinking on the show. <laughs> well, we're fucked. Lies. And, uh, yeah, and I'm like, that is exactly what you are wrong about, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you can totally make a great show while you're smoking and drinking. I think it's 100%. A, I think it's actually more appropriate. At thing. least smoking. At least at smoking. least smoking. Like look at Rod Sterling back in the fifties, guys hacking darts yeah. left and right. Or Johnny Carson. Yeah. If you look at Johnny Carson's desk, it's smoking half the time. Oh, like yeah. there's an ashtray and a cigarette down just below. A haze, yeah. The desk, yeah. And I, I just love that old uh, that old and he, uh, um, Tom Snyder. Tom Snyder used to do one like uh, like this creepy close up one shot camera on his yeah. face, you know, <laughs> super close. It's just like where you're like, I don't know if I want to look at a man's face as close for like an hour or a half hour, whatever you got to do it for. See his pores. Yeah. yeah. He's like his big teeth, just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, just like chomping at you. Yeah, who wants that? Yeah, I don't what have you that. had a tough day before? Yeah. You get shit in your teeth and you're all hung over. How is this show popular? <laughs> I never understood it, you know, but, I, but anyways, I, I wasn't alive. So I don't know. You weren't alive for Time Snyder? I don't think so. <laughs> When were you born? 87. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brayden, I want to hold you in my arms. I don't want to rock you like a baby. <laughs> That's what I want to do right now. I don't know why, but it makes me just feel like uh, 87. Yeah. You know what I was doing in 87? I don't know. You know I got to think, the, think about 80s, this. I don't know. You were watching Dirty Dancing. Huh? Dirty Dancing came out in 1987. Why? That's in my head. I have no idea. Steven. Oh, what grade? Steven. What grade would I be in in '87? I don't know. <laughs> if I was in '87, so <laughs> like a, a how I would have been uh, oh, yeah. uh, '87 minus '73. What's that? Seven and three. I was like grade eight. I was like grade eight when Braden was coming out of his mother's uh, <laughs> vagina, right? 
That was what I was in grade eight. I was telling, you know what? I saw a guy, and I got to tell this because this is a little bit of feedback. And I. <laughs> Delayed. And I believe. <laughs> no, no, this is. Premature. Sorry, we thought it was Norpak. <laughs> we beast people. <laughs> Pepperettes now. God damn it. Hurry. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Anyways, uh, uh, I was talking. Uh, we, we opened up the church. I bought the church. Technically, I didn't buy the church. Spoiler alert. We're going to have this like. <laughs> So we're going to have these web series things that are coming out soon. Uh, Silver Drop Media is helping me with uh, uh, to uh, produce these things. So we're like kind of like tracking the production of the church becoming Spiky Ball Studios to what we're trying to do. We're just recording the whole thing. We don't know how we're going to put it out to you yet, but we're, we got an idea. And uh, we're recording it right now. And I got to tell you, the first episode... We were supposed to have a party in the church on the opening day that I bought the church, like the day I bought the church, right? But uh, it turns out uh, this is the this is the big uh, hook. If you want to know where the conflict point is in the episode, this would be where it was. Uh, Shazma was sitting there with his camera, and all of a sudden I get a phone call, and you see him, you see that sneaky fucker start to uh, uh, tape me, right? <laughs> When I pick up the phone, and then uh, it's the lawyer telling me, uh, "Hey Pete, you didn't buy the church. <laughs> it's uh, I'm sitting in the church, and they call me and they tell me like you don't own that thing yet." And I go, "I'm throwing a party tonight, you know, <laughs> in the place I don't own." I'm pretty sure I own it. <laughs> I'm sitting right in it now. And then the, then uh, she goes like, uh, um, "I just said nothing. Like I just said like, oh, oh, that's sad to hear." But she said tomorrow it'll be fine or whatever. And then by noon, you should have it. And then she calls me about 5 o'clock the next day and says, Hey, Pete, yeah, it finally closed. You didn't know it now. If you want to get in the church, this is the code to get in. I'm like, I've been in it for two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here now when you call me. You left the window unlocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been breaking in for months, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I got half the place cleaned out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you think I've uh, been? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But it's going great at the church. I want to just give it an update because people might be interested. Mm -hmm. Because I got to tell you, since we've announced the church move, there's been a buzz around the town of Delhi that I haven't seen before. And I expected, I expected uh, uh, that we're going into a church, a place of reverence, a place where people bury their loved ones, a place where people, uh, you know, were baptized their newborn children, a place where uh, uh, new uh, love was. Uh, united into one sure, right. in the nuptials of marriage. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. In a church like that, that's a lot of that's a lot of emotion that's attached to those bricks and mortar of that building, it's right? A bit of a weight. A bit of a <laughs> it's, hate. It's a weight on your shoulders. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it is, well, Michael. It's a weight. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I was like, I didn't know. I thought it would offend a lot of people because I'm going to probably say fuck cunt. Whore shit. Balls cock. Motherfucker. No. Balls cock. Anus. A lot of times. Taint. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will say all those things plus more in this former building of God. It's a building of God. Jesus, even. Hey, and Jesus and such. Yahweh. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit. I give him some credit. Nobody gives the Holy Spirit credit because he's kind of like... The Ringo of the Trinity, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's not exactly. I'm sorry. I really trash Ringo a lot, eh? That's you right. take offense to it, though. No? Or Kevin did. So one of you two. I think he's an okay drummer. You just 
I, when people say he's a shitty drummer, I think he's okay. Okay. Now I got to ask you another question. He's, he's the only guy for the job. Ringo, yeah. And, and he did an honorable job. I just don't believe he did all of it. Now, um, <laughs> <clears throat> now I got to ask you this question, though. All right. White Stripes. What about them? Meg White has her drumming ability. Yeah, it's not. She isn't. It's not the best. It's not right? the best, but it, it suits what that band is. Yeah, it, exactly. And then what that band is is a guy who takes a drummer who can't drum, <laughs> and he that's the only thing he has outside of himself to make a group is a drummer that can't drum, and he makes one of the greatest groups ever. How does he do it? Pretty Th fucking good. <laughs> that's why I like Jack White so much, because I'm like, that It seemed impossible. When you watch Meg White, right, White drum, you're like, that doesn't seem like drumming. I don't even know how she's keeping... If she's keeping time at all, like I don't even—I've never seen anyone drum like that. She she's either the, the biggest genius in the world or the worst drummer I've ever seen. <laughs> just that like made it that level. When her tits start bouncing, she just goes with that. Yeah. However, I gotta tell you, and I hate to admit this because if—if if God forbid, Jack White would ever know this about me, he would hate me forever, and that would really kind of break my heart a little bit because I'm such a fan of his, right? Right. But if he knew I did this. He would not like me at ever. ever. How could a man like a guy that did this? What What is this? Okay, I was at uh, I was at uh, Molson Amphitheater in Toronto. This is the uh, the Icky Thump tour. Okay. The Icky Thump tour, and I went with uh, Dave Charters and my uh, um, my uh, deceased friend Mark Gidwani. Okay. Uh, and we uh, went to uh, uh, to, see, to see the White Stripes, right? And we have great seats, but it's just past the first section where there's that first aisle. And then uh, we're in the first seat past the aisle where people walk Ooh. through or whatever. So it's pretty decent seats, but it's not great. But it's pretty decent seats, right? Anyways, remember that song that White Stripe sang? It was, like, it was when Meg came up and sang on the microphone. And it was like, uh, it was kind of an acapella type yeah. of thing. Yeah, it was yeah. like, you know? I heckled her the entire time, like, as loud as I could. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I said I was talking about how she was uh, terrible, and uh, she's holding back Jack. <laughs> and how if she, would, if she would just shut up and let a talented person perform, I wouldn't feel like I'm getting ripped off right now. <laughs> That's a good thing they're back together. Jeez. <laughs> they're not back together. No. Oh, thank goodness. But I was really... <laughs> Like, I love Jack White's career now because I was like, why doesn't he get a good musician to play with him? Because he would be so much better. It'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah it'd be yeah. so cool. And then he would, the Tours came out, and I was like, this is the best. Because right. he's, he's playing with a, a band of awesome musicians, you know? Like, it, it, it just makes the good thing so much better, you know? If you don't surround yourself with good people, how do you... And I, I'm, I'm sure Meg White is a beautiful person. And she's a, a, he liked the challenge of her unique drumming style to make him try to become a better musician himself. You know, I understand the challenge of putting yourself in a bat. Do you understand that challenge of putting yourself in a position where you, we do it every Thursday. You guys have to learn a new song every yeah. week yeah. where you're going to sound like shit compared to if you got to practice that song for a month and yeah. play it, right? True. So we're actually putting you on air every week, telling you to learn a new song that you're going to sound worse than if anyone ever paid money to see you play that same song. Right. 
yeah. right? Like if anyone paid money to see the Nocturnal Emissions play whatever uh, Supersonic, Super, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you are not going to play Supersonic like you did tonight. You're going to play it way better. Probably have a different drummer, yeah. right? <laughs> 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 no, but you know what I mean. Like this is the the beauty of the show. Like it puts you in that position where you have to rise to the occasion and make yourself. And because you have to do that and put yourself out there where you're showing everybody, like, listen, this is not me at my best. This is me at my first. Right. And I put, uh, I like that from a comedy perspective because we have to do that as comedians. We have to go on stage with an idea of a joke that we've never told before and tell it to an audience of people that sometimes, I would, I, I rarely do it for people that pay to see me. I usually do it for the open mics. And, right. and if someone pays to see me, I'll do only a proven joke that I worked on at an open mic where no one paid to see me. Right. And then because I don't want to like rob those people, but still. Even that open mic, I got to go in front of people and do it where I, it's the worst I've ever told that joke. Right. right. And you guys have to do that here as musicians. And I feel I'm just getting back at you because <laughs> that's what you deserve. Yeah, but that, that's a, like, I think that's what you're saying. You don't get any better if you don't do that, though, right? No. No, no if you don't put yourself no. on. And I heard that with a lot of different artists over the years. And like some of them have masturbated in front of women and <laughs> made them feel uncomfortable. But Louis C.K. always said that. He said, uh, you should. Uh, Put uh, you should like he likes to like uh, dig himself a hole when he gets on stage and then get himself out of it, right? Mm -hmm. And for a while, I was telling this Bill Cosby joke on stage, <laughs> and it was uh, <laughs> it was a joke that really popped the comedians in the back, but it didn't. Uh, the crowd didn't dig it. Well, the crowd I didn't hear the crowd the first time I told it. I only heard the comics laughing at the back, and uh, I thought the crowd liked it too. You know. And then when I was back talking to comics, they're like, uh, he's like, that joke's brilliant. That's brilliant. You know, and it's a really a comic I respect is telling me this joke's brilliant, you know? And I'm like, uh, oh, you know, great. So I go to like two of the most conservative places to tell jokes <laughs> in the world, Toronto and Guelph. And I tell this Bill Cosby joke uh, at both places and they hate it. They hate it big time. <laughs> like they hate it more than uh, you would even think they'd hate it. They hated it, right? And then I was telling Jason Allen, who, by the way, just got married yeah, today. Congratulations, congratulations to Jason. You know? That's awesome. What a great wife he's got, too. I just couldn't say more good things about Katie. I, I just uh, want all the best for Jason Allen and his wife. Thank, uh, congratulations from all of us here at the Dutch Hall. Yeah. Great uh, great news. But anyways, Jason was the one that uh, said, uh, hey, Pete, what, uh, where'd you tell those jokes? And I told him the two venues I, I, t I told the jokes at. And he goes, uh, oh, Toronto and uh, Guelph. He goes, I wonder why I didn't like that Bill Cosby joke where you said he wasn't the, uh, maybe he wasn't a rapist. Maybe he was just a gynecological enthusiast. <laughs> I wonder why they didn't, <laughs> they didn't like that in those two conservative, you know, in those two, oh, I, I, I call them conservative, but they're actually very liberal cities. Like, they're very... Um, but they act like conservatives used to act. They act like conservatives right. used to act, right. exactly. Yeah. Like, where they're just, like, really tight-ass, politically correct towns or whatever. If, unless you go to a non-white crowd in Toronto, and then they're awesome. They don't give a shit at all. But the white crowds in Toronto are, like, god-awful. And, and uh, in Guelph, I went to university in Guelph. And when I went there, it was cool. Yeah, it's, it's always been fun, I thought, Guelph. Yeah, now it is just a bunch of, like, the worst people. Really? <laughs> I hate it going there, That's man. disappointing. Yeah, it's people that are just very critical. Everything you say is, like, it's offensive to someone. It hurts someone or whatever. I'm like, can't you have fun ever? Like, can't you have fun ever? Like, you know when I tell jokes to people to their face that they enjoy it except for steve he doesn't like when i trash his german heritage all the time 
But Charters, you can see the glow in his eyes when I tell oh, him he's he a piece that. of garbage. Oh, he yeah. loves it. He loves it. His wheels are turning. <laughs> you know, Charters, uh, he, he called in sick to this show. How many days before? Yeah. <laughs> days what? in advance. What in the fuck? And then bailed twice. I'll be sick on Thursday. And Friday now. Because I said, today, <laughs> are you going to be sick today, too? And he goes, uh, I am very sick. I'm a mess, he says. And so he's sticking to his story. Yeah. And I say, Dave... Read the sickness bullshit out as long as you can, but don't show your face in here because we're going to keep bringing him back in, Braden to Cumin, and he's way better than you. Better get a cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should do? Because we're getting in this show pretty deep, we should do a segment we call Feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. It's feedback. Motherfucking feedback. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, uh, welcome to Feedback. We got feedback. This week's segment is brought to you by our friends at Amazon. If you go to Live from the Dutch Hall's website and click on the Amazon banner, if you don't see them, you don't want to know why? You got ad blockers on. Shut them off. It's easy. It's easy. Michael did it, and he's not even smart. I figured it out, and I'm a bit of a tard. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But you know what? Thank you for everyone that's done that. Uh, Wes bought me a gift. Huh, Wes. With... The Amazon stuff. Oh, maybe oh. he's above uh, another step up then. Uh, no, no, this is before what he did today. Oh, okay. Oh, but you know what he did? He, with his migraine, <laughs> he uh, w- was able to pick up his uh, g- guitar and bring it oh. to the Dutch Hall. To let Steve in. And, and, uh, and so he didn't make Steve pick it up, which I thought was uh, was pretty bold. Pretty honorable. But you know what it does also? It kind of uh, implies a little bit of... Uh, of like he's had a guilty conscience, you know, like he's trying <laughs> yeah, to like. Con- right. He goes, "I'm making up some bullshit excuse, but I'll bring you a, a bass for Steve to play." And then like, he writes the wrong, and we're uh, like, "Yeah, that'll work." Yeah. And when him and his girlfriend laughed, they had kind of, would you say goo goo eyes, Jane? Ooh. Was it goo goo eyes? That was definitely love. Whoa. There was love in their eyes. I think he was going home to do dirty, dirty things to his lady friend. Hey, probably. If he would have said that to me, I'm telling you right now, Wes, you'd still be number one in my books. But right now, you're just above Steve. Go get her, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what my wife said to it? You know what my wife said? My wife. Can I tell you? We tell them? Oh, I didn't tell it anyways. Because I don't even know if it was you now. But it was someone. Yeah, it was Jane. Wes was here and with his girlfriend. And then Wes was talking about his migraine. And Jane said, you know what cures migraines? A good blowjob. <laughs> Did you say that? No, it was me. Oh, it was Paul. <laughs> it was me. It's funny. I always think that uh, I get used to you mixed up. Me and Jane. They Which ones do I that. suck your tits? <laughs> Which one of those? <laughs> Is that? <laughs> Which one of these? It wasn't me. Oh, that's Jane. That's yeah, Jane. That's yeah. Jane. Okay. I got it straight now. <laughs> I got that mixed up. It looks so similar. Yes. Yeah. But Dr. Paul, prescription, <laughs> migraine, blowjob. Uh, it seems to work fine. Works hey, fine. you know what? Pretty uh, good. Norpak. The beef people. Too quick, Paul. Sad. <laughs> Too quick. What do you? That was fast. So what are you trying to like? Uh, cost us pepperonis at this point in time? <laughs> you stall it next time, motherfucker. <laughs> We're not sitting here so you can give a quick beef people. We're not gonna get pepperonis that way. Is that right, Michael? That is true. Anyways, uh, Van Dyke Party Services. You know what, guys? We are coming into the fall season. You know what? Go to the fair. Why don't you go to the Norfolk County Fair? Oh. It's the third largest fair in Ontario, right? Mm-hmm. Just behind uh, the X and uh, Western Fair. Wow. Third place, Norfolk County Fair. Oh. But you know what? Sometimes that can be a bit of a bore. 
it can be a bit of a grind, especially if you're paying all that money for tickets and you're buying, you know, you're playing games that are just like a bunch of con artists with no fucking teeth, meth heads, you know, they're trying to like fucking con you out of your cash. And you, fucking con Clint. You, you know, it just smells like vomit and bees are buzzing all over your cotton candy and stuff. Elephant ears. You know what make that better? Between 5 and 29 Van Dyke First Cousins. All you got to do is give an email at, van, at uh, lifefromthedutchhall at gmail.com and we'll send you... You're gonna. You have to put in the uh, uh, um, subject thing. Yeah. Uh, Van Dyke Party Services, right? You have to do that. Otherwise, we will not come. That's what Carl Hosta did. Okay. He did not put it in the subject line. Not Van good Dyke, enough. Van Dyke Party Services, and we're like, hey man, we have a fucking protocol. Without rules, there is only anarchy. And what is your problem? <laughs> we're not. Yeah, we we've tried to uh, separate ourselves from the animals here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, go to if if, if, if you want to go to the fair, you want to have a good time. We'll say between five and twenty nine Van Dyke for co- first cousins in bright yellow jackets, and you are gonna have the fucking time of your life. But all it's gonna cost you is one hundred dollars of cold hard cash plus all of our expenses, which at the fair. Oh, they're going to be dear. Oh, yeah, oh, I love to ride the zipper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I like to spend a lot of time in the old uh, curling rink? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like to have a few beers there, maybe a couple shots in the curling rink. Yep. You think you can go, like, you're, you're with your kids all day long, and you're like, hey, kids, you want to have a cabbage roll? I'm going to the curling rink to get fucking hammered. Just <laughs> get a good 10 tokens. <laughs> I found that trick out when my kids were pretty young, and I was like, this is great. <laughs> I, I hated my entire day, but now I'm sitting here just boozing with people who are all hiding from the reality of the fair. <laughs> They're all doing the same thing. In the thing. curling rink? You're like, you can go out of the fair in the fair and start boozing? The curling rink people, no one knows about it. They don't even mark the door. Exactly. That's a little tip for the Dutch Hall people, the diamonds out there listening to this program. That's right. Anyways, uh, who else do we got? Yarmy Electric. You know what? I just bought a goddamn church, you know? And uh, Derek Yarmy's got, like, people that are still in the heat of harvest. They're trying to get their crops off. Mm-hmm. Derek Yarmy's trying to make the world all connected by interweb and such, you know? He's doing his best to change the world, make it a better place, and also he's making babies with his dick. Those things happen with Derek Yarmy. But you know what? I bought a church, and this is my cousin, and I need him. I need them to wire my fucking place up. Otherwise, we can't do business with no hydro because those goddamn Hungarian Presbyterians, they did some sort of funky shit with the hydro at the end because it flooded with shit at the bottom of my church. That's a fact, Jack. Don't worry, it smells great now. (laughs) (laughs) Until I moved the fridge from that Paul gave me, it smells like... uh, a nest of dead animals, oh, which yeah. live in the motor. Nice little surprise in there. <laughs> yeah, no, the motor's warm. I loaded up a trailer with a bunch of these appliances, which are generously donated by uh, Lion Crest Enterprises. All right. Yeah. All right. But uh, they they uh, uh, they had mice in it, and they would f- fly out at me. And then my daughter was helping me lift. She was my uh, oh, person boy. that was helping me lift appliances, and she was fine with the mice. Uh, but I was not. I screamed like a uh, bitch, and then uh, I started to really sweat bad and like carry on like a like I couldn't get myself controlled because right. I was so scared of the mouse. <laughs> and Maya held it in her hand. My daughter held it in her hand and showed me how much of a pussy I was. Yes, <laughs> you're like an elephant. Uh, I mean, I'm in like an elephant. I'm so terrified of mice. A chipmunk, I'll kick him in the face. Right. <laughs> how? What's the difference? I don't understand why that mouse freaks me out so much. Is it a tail or something? Um, something must have happened to me. Someone must have shoved a mouse up my ass when I was a kid or something. 
I don't know what fall. happened, but I'm afraid of mice. I'm afraid of mice. Fair enough. I shouldn't explain my movie. That's my kryptonite. That's yeah. my kryptonite. You know what mine is? Bats. Oh, oh bats is number mice. two for I me. I fucking hate bats. I had to go up in our old barn when I was a kid, and my dad said, oh, just spray the bats so that they don't come back <laughs> in the barn. Well, it was just like Batman at the start when they all fly around his head. Wait, wait, spray them with what? Exactly. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably just water, Braden. Probably just water. Fair enough. Yeah, and my sister had to hold me up there on a ladder. <laughs> I was going to say, I've never seen bats. Yeah, spray. what are you going to spray them with? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my dad. <laughs> Get up there and spray them with the water. <laughs> they won't like it. It's bat spray. Get up there, Michael. Fucking pussy. I remember uh, people. Why well, wonder why I hate bats? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I remember my friends would come over to my house. We lived in an old farmhouse, and it was like the tallest house on the road. So it would. That's where the bats lived, right? right. And uh, so they would come through. You'd hear them in the walls all the time and stuff. Yeah, they, our, our, they scratch, right? Yeah, they're like. You can hear them scratching up the walls. Oh, it's gross. Anyways, we'd have bats all of a sudden. They'd come through the light fixtures or whatever. They'd pop through. Like the ceiling fan would just like fling a bat out. So I'd be like watching TV with my friends, and all of a sudden I would just take the couch cushion and put it on my head because <laughs> I'd see that bat fly out of the thing, and they were like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, uh, "It ain't flying in my fucking hair." I'll tell you that. Like I had it, I had this vision in my head that it, this bat's gonna come right to my head and just start flopping in my face, you know, like stuck in my head and just like flopping. And I was like, "That, that uh, ha- uh, haunts me." Yeah. You know? sure. yeah. But I've murdered so many bats since then. I've really. Yeah, the more you kill, the better it gets. It does really numb yeah. it. You know, I, I think I gotta go bloody up some more mice in order to get my yeah. confidence then back. You're all right. Yeah. I remember one time my kid was like in uh, early grades of grade school, uh, my youngest daughter, and uh, her teacher, she's like grade three, teacher asked her to write a story in her book, you know, about uh, her parents, and she wrote a story about her how her dad caught a mouse in a sour cream container and then put it in the driveway and beat it with a baseball bat. <laughs> And I went to the parent-teacher meeting, and uh, <laughs> the teacher's, like, laughing at me. He's like, uh, hey, your daughter wrote a great story about you. <laughs> you psycho. <laughs> what did you do? I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I put it in my driveway, and I just, like, I hit the sour cream container one time with a baseball bat, and the sour cream container just kind of, like, boing. Like, oh, it was yeah. like a spring, you know? Like, it went down to the mouse's head and just kind of touched it, and then, like, bounced up. And so now the mouse is just sitting there, like, confused, running in circles. And then it was just fucking mob hit, like, good fellas. I just started <laughs> smashing the mouse with a baseball bat. <laughs> and my kids were all behind me. I forgot they were behind me. They are watching the whole thing, fascinated. You're just pesheing the mouse. Eh? <laughs> oh, and then I just get a hockey stick, and I flick it out into the bush. You're a shot. <laughs> done. Done and done. <laughs> you know, I feel like PETA would be upset about that story. Could be. But uh, that's my house. That fucker is not invited, and he's not on the mortgage. So uh, you uh, can be killed, right? <laughs> Fair enough. If I can kill a human, if a deer, co- like I think if a deer comes in my yard, I should be able, without any licenses at all, to be able to strangle it with my own might or hit it with a bat or a tire <laughs> iron or something like that to kill that deer and eat it for my family because it came onto my property. Mm-hmm. What That's kind of my- license would you need to strangle a deer? <laughs> you need nothing. <laughs> Right? But to own a gun to shoot the deer, you need a license, right, for the gun, right? Right. But to strangle a deer, I need no license. No, you'd never need a license. No. <laughs> so if it's superhuman power. <laughs> if a deer comes onto my property, I want you, I want to know it's within my legal rights to hop on the deer's back 
and strangle it till it's dead and serve my family those roasts until it's gone. To Bill Brasky. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're going to find out in this feedback segment that I say a lot of things in this program that I do not remember the next day or the next week especially. (laughs) This is a running theme in this segment of feedback. Our very first uh, piece of feedback comes to us from... Facebook says, Pete, the nocturnal emissions fucking killed the man last show. Wicked awesome. Thanks for the listener of the week. Now, when do I get my wedge of Gouda? And I said to him, you better ask the cheese lady. Uh, uh, And he goes, uh, I'm just catching. Then he went on to say, I'm just catching up on old shows. Dot, dot, dot. Awesome. Dot, dot, dot. Where have I been? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> the best humor in the world is five minutes away. Andy Coot, people. All right, Andy. Andy Coot, thank you very much for the feedback. <laughs> then, I get, then I get this on uh, live from the Dutch Hall gmail.com. It Ooh, says, Dear Pete wow. and the Dutch Hall Gang. Oh, that's us. Hmm. I continue to enjoy your awesome podcast every week. Congrats on the church purchase. Fun times ahead. I was surprised like last week that no one in the hall knew the difference between garish and garnish. <laughs> I will use I will use both in a sentence. Theresa, by the way, Teresa has no H in it. That's a there's a. Oh. That's a there's a. My cousin Teresa has no H. I'm just saying uh, that's the way I look at it. That's a there's a. There's a was shocked at the garnish, <laughs> at the garish appearance of the waiter. Dressed in bright green with large mirrored sunglasses and smoking a cigar, a small consolation was that the beautiful parsley and orange sliced garnish that adorned the plate. So the difference is, if you look like a tool, you're garish. If you got something that's just like decorating your plate, it's a garnish. garnish. Now we know. Dude, I don't remember that conversation. That's mm. number one. It, yeah, it was mentioned, but yeah, I, I, it was pretty deep there. So. <laughs> <laughs> that one. We said something stupid, and uh, old Bruce Veltry picked up on it. So oh thank boy, you, Bruce. Bit it right off. Because uh, Bruce, if we don't have, oh, he he actually signs off. Longtime fan, Bruce, and Bruce, we love having you on the show. Thank you very much. You're one of our diamonds. What up, Bruce? You know what? We got a new diamond. Oh. A new diamond, Jane Townsend. Wow. She has been two weeks in a row. She's been all over. Uh, uh, she's just turned on to the program, loves it. She says, she says last week, she goes, love the show. You created quite the visual of you standing up playing guitar while wearing a strap on. <laughs> ba, ha, 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 ha. Wow, that's, a long, that's a long one. A lot of ha's. Yeah. That ain't no That takes a while. That's a ba, ha, ha, ha. Now, I don't remember at all. Wearing a strap on hole and guitar. <laughs> that's another thing. That's two that's two of them now, right? Again, I do a whole hour program. This last last week we had a show planned. We did not talk about any of it. We killed the opener and then just shot the shit. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> had no <laughs> Yeah, and look at all the feedback we're getting. <laughs> it's like uh, people liked it. And we did nothing. We just told, we just talk like we normally do. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a that was actually great. We should do more of that. That's excellent. Let's yeah. do less work on this show. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Zero planning, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. You know, anyways, I th- I don't know who to choose with all those listeners. We got Ooh. Bruce, 
Longtime Diamond, Andy Coot, last week's listener of the week. Can he go back to back? Or is it the new kid on the block, Jane Townsend? Jeez Louise, what can we do? I'll tell you, I like the tenacity of this new kid on the block. Jane Townsend, you're the listener of the week. Hey, you're the listener of the week. This is your week, Jane. This is your week, Jane. And Jane works at a neighboring business in the community that we will soon be uh, living in. And she has made a commitment to come to our shows in the future. She's very excited, actually, about coming to the church to see some of our upcoming shows, awesome. which I cannot give you any dates on because we do not know. But uh, <laughs> things are going well. Things are going well at the church. Yeah. I like the progress we're making there. looks great. And uh, we only got to do, we have one listener that, she, you know, if we don't talk to her every week, we get worried about her because we really feel she's she's so close to us and part of our show. I wonder what she did today. I don't know. Let's check on her. Oh, Let's yeah. check on that cheese lady. Okay. Checking on the cheese lady. On the cheese lady. Checking on the cheese lady. Always on the run. Checking on the cheese lady. On the cheese lady. Checking on the cheese lady. She always having fun. Checking on the cheese lady. On the cheese lady. Checking on the cheese lady. She's always on the run. Checking on the cheese lady. On the cheese lady. Checking on the cheese lady. It's Friday. What have you done? What have you done, Teresa? Teresa, Teresa, what are we gonna do? It's uh, like, you were just cutting cheese this morning like crazy. You were just cutting, it, just cutting the cheese out of the. Che- that sounds like she was like uh, a passing wind. Yes. Yeah. But I'll tell you, Teresa, uh, you do not pass wind because you're a lady. You have no bunghole at all. Uh, sorry. We know that about you. Flowers. Teresa. Just up. yeah, just flowers and perfume. perfume. <laughs> Puffs out of that backside of yours. But you know what, Teresa? It's a th- Friday morning. You're just doing your business, and you're looking for the Dutch Hall. And like Willie Van Dyke, you're probably uh, furious. Where's my program that I've come to grow accustomed to? It's Friday. It's Friday. It should be there. And I apologize, Teresa. And you know what? Uh, Andy Coote actually sent sent a message to me saying, has anyone checked on the cheese lady this morning? Because... He was worried about her. Yeah, not, what's not she going to do? Her, her, her program. So I apologize. I hope you still have stuff to do on Saturday morning or maybe Monday morning you'll be listening to this. But either way, Cheese Lady, we, we, are, we haven't forgotten about you and we hope you're okay. Yeah. Uh, she said this to us last week. Hashtag take me to the church. She's been hashtag taking me to church all over the place. She's starting, <laughs> to, she's starting to start a real movement. Wow. She's pushing something. And she sent me a link to that song by Hosier, Take Me to the Church. I think that's a full-fledged request. Hazayay. But I said, I don't think we can play that until we are actually in, in the, the church. church. Yeah. Yes. So we, we do, we, we've gotten the message. We're going over that. And then she goes on to say, the cheese lady is doing great this beautiful Friday. Oh, excellent. And then she went on to say, uh, little kiss, little hug, little kiss, little hug. Should be a little smaller if you were putting it on your dick. Ha 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 ha! Wow! Again, no memory of what I said to. Oh yeah! I put something on my dick. Cheese. Her last X's and O's you put on your dick. That's right. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. And now she gave you real small ones because your dick's real small. Wow! Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Oh, and then nice she one, goes, Teresa. And then she goes, that's what makes the rest of this message make sense to me now, because then she goes, you guys keep on keeping on. Big kiss, 
big hug, big kiss, big hug. Wow. To the rest of the Dutch Hall crew. Yeah. We all got big dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Swinging down by the old ankles. (laughs) She says, what an exciting moment to be moving to the church. Congratulations, guys. Happy face. Thank you very much, Teresa. Thanks, Teresa. And you know, if you guys want to give us feedback in the future, please go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, livefromthedutchhallgmail.com. What do you got, LinkedIn? Does MySpace still exist? Yeah, but I'm not on it. Yeah. No. Friendster? Don't go back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else we can do to get you to find us, but just fucking Google us, you know, and just like, a, you, know, you can find a, a million ways it's that you can give us that. You're right, Dutch Hall. Feedback. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that, so you know what to do. Yeah. Anyways, guys, this has been, been a big news week. You know that uh, September 11th was this week? You know September 11th? It was a national tragedy for the Americans. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Remember that yep. incident? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, Braden, how old were you for <laughs> September 11th? I think I was in grade eight. You're in grade eight, the yeah. same age oh. that I was when you were born. Yeah. It's so all full circle. Full circle, oh. isn't it? There you go. So you you know how you felt when you saw those towers come down? <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I do. That's how I felt when you were coming out of your mom's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Maybe not. I didn't think that through. (laughs) Anyways, the big news in the New York Post on September 11th was, of course, the uh, memorial of the anniversary of September 11th. But you know what September 12th was? For the front page of the New York Post? Beat the Meatles. Beat the Meatles. What? Because Tom, or sorry, uh, Paul McCartney did an interview with GQ magazine, and... uh, (laughs) He was uh, really open about some of the sex stories about him and the rest of the Beatles. Okay. And one of the stories was where he uh, talked about how him and John Lennon uh, masturbated together. No big deal. No big deal. A couple right? of boys hanging out. Yeah, just a couple of boys hanging out. If I could read the quote for you, Paul McCartney said this. It was just a group of us. He said, that instead of roaring and drunken partying... I don't even know if we were staying over or anything, but we were just in these chairs and the lights were out and then somebody started masturbating. So we all did. You know what? We took our winky dinkies out and we gave it a little tuggy wuggy. (laughs) (laughs) Paul McCarty, eh? That's a great Ringo. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Ringo was more like, uh, he's more nasal, so he'd be like, uh, (laughs) <laughs> that's like, George. That's George. Oh, George is name more nasally. Uh, yeah. What are you doing, John? <laughs> Put your dick away. <laughs> Ringo's looking. <laughs> then Ringo would be like, I'm not looking. You know that he went on to say in that uh, in that article that it was uh, the lights were out and they all started masturbating and then they would just start yelling out names. This is this in the fifties, is before the Beatles became huge, right? So they started yelling out names of like famous like starlets. Whoa, whoa, whoa. let's get this. They were yelling names while they were pumping off together. This is how it went down. Nineteen fifty something, right? What the fuck? You got like early teens. Paul McCartney and John Lennon, like uh, maybe mid-teens even, like 15. They haven't been late like yet. They're just building this band. Yeah, they're just. No, I don't even think they're in a band yet. Okay. They're just. They just know each band. other from Liverpool. They just okay. know each other. 
they're just kids that know each other from Liverpool, and then all of a sudden, they're at some party, someone shuts the lights out, some guy has the courage to pull his dick out and just starts saying, I gotta fucking get this poison out, because mm -hmm. it, I f I'm feeling the tension here. The PSIs are building. Release. I'm busting this stuff out. And then uh, the other dudes are like, hey, I'm 14 too. Like, uh, my fucking <laughs> donger is just poking right out. Well, as soon as you said Greta Garbo, my donger came right out of my fucking top there. Because that's all it took. It's not like the kids is today. They got the internet on their goddamn phones. <laughs> so they can, like... video of porn. Yeah, ass fisting and shit like that. All the stuff just at their fingertips anytime they want it, you know? This, they had to go with their fucking Beatles imagination, right? Of, the which gray, is pretty good. Which is pretty good. <laughs> But what what Paul said was that they were all yelling out like different famous gorgeous women's names, you know, like they go like Greta Garbo, and then, you know, Paul would just oh Greta Garbo would just start stroking it hard, and then uh, uh, they go another friend would go yell out like some other lady, you know, like uh, Jane Mansfield. Jane Mansfield, yeah, she yeah. Around then? Yeah, I think that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Or Joan Crawford, you know, and something like that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, John yelled something that ruined the mood. And then they didn't. He didn't say what it was. Yoko Ono. I was like Benny Hill. I was thinking Benny Hill. It was Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Do you think it was Winston Churchill? One hundred percent. Yeah, that would ruin the moon. I thought Benny Hill would be one of those things that like, he was trying to get at the girls on Benny Hill, but then everyone just kept picturing like Benny Hill the man, and then the reactions went away. <laughs> you think? But then he went on to say, so like the people in GQ, they said. Um, have you ever been part of an orgy? You know, have you ever engaged in an orgy when you're in the Beatles where you were, like, involved with, like, like sexual ex escapades, they're, like orgies, right? They're asking Sir Paul this. They asked Sir Paul this, yeah. And Sir Paul said, There weren't really orgies, <laughs> to my knowledge, right? There were sexual encounters of the celestial kind, and they were groupies. But there, were, there was once when I was in Vegas... When the tour guy, a fixer, he said, you're going to Vegas, guys. You want a hooker? <laughs> and we all, we were all, yeah. And I requested two. <laughs> that, and, uh, and I had them, and it was a wonderful experience. <laughs> but that's the closest I ever came to an orgy, right? And then Paul McCartney went on to say, uh, I remember back when there was, a, there was someone in a club that, he, that Paul, that, oh, sorry, he was going on to say about Lennon. He said Lennon was more into kinky shit than, than Paul was. Okay. You know, he, then he went and started busting his dead friend, right? <laughs> he started saying, uh, hey, I remember when... Uh, oh, sorry, I should get back to the Paul McCartney. Oh, what do I do? Oh, I'm a crazy beetle. Oh, I'm a bit of a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you have to get into Paul McCartney. You have to say, I'm a bit of a wanker. <laughs> Try it, Michael. You I'm a bit of a wanker. <laughs> See, it's pretty good. Yeah. I said, I remember there was someone in the club, in the someone in the club that we've met, oh, and they run back to the house because his wife had fancied John and wanted to have sex with him. So that happened, and John discovered that the husband was watching. That was called kinky in those days, <laughs> but now it's just called a charters. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> That's what you get, fake sick boy. <laughs> uh, then he went on to say John John experienced more of that kinky shit than he did. 
I'm like, what? You know, is it really necessary to bring all that up? That's a great guy, though. Like a guy in his 70s that doesn't give two shits about anything. Past the point of caring. Oh, yeah. I heard him on Stern or some clips of him. Uh, Maybe it was around the same time. It was the same thing. He was talking like stories that you had never heard before. Like, yeah. This is awesome. This is the shit we wanted the whole time. Yeah, and he's just like, well, what am I gonna get now? I don't need money. I don't need anyone. And everybody loves me. I'm gonna yeah. just tell the truth because it's the truth, and I don't care. Yeah. And I'm gonna die, and no one's gonna fucking care. Like it, it's gonna come out anyways. I don't forget. I think it was Winston Churchill that said, uh, "No one's no." Or it was Abraham Lincoln? It was one of those like politician people. I don't know. I just saw that quote today. It was like, "No one's a good enough. No one's a good enough." Uh, no one has a good enough memory to be a good, to uh, to be a good liar. Have you ever heard that? It's an old Abe Lincoln. Is it Abe Lincoln? Yeah, I think so. Abe Lincoln, yeah. Based that on nothing. I think it is Abe Lincoln. It was one of those two people. Who did I say was the other one? Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill, yeah. He says smart things too, though. Sure did. And Mark Twain. It's like Winston Churchill, Mark Twain, Abe Lincoln. Those are the main quotable people. Who else? Shakespeare. Name one. Like as bullshit like. A rose is a rose, or whatever. Sure. All, uh, out, out, <laughs> brief candle, something. Yeah, those are just like lines from a play. Yeah. Because you half learn in high school. But it's quotable. Yeah, I guess so. You quote a play. I guess so. What's the most uh, profound thing Shakespeare said, though? Like, what would you say that you, it made you think differently about the world? Because Shakespeare said it. This is weird. This is the first time ever on the Dutch Hall we talk Shakespeare. Yeah, I've, I I feel like you, like, I learned it in high school because I had to, and the rest was just, yeah. Because I was, like, over I, my head. I liked, I liked some of it, like the, like the, um, where they killed everyone. Was that Hamlet? Where they killed everybody at the end, like in uh, um, that Tarantino movie? It's Hamlet or Macbeth, Macbeth, one of them. Maybe. Or is it Macbeth? Uh, yeah. Which one's that, like, True Romance? At the end of True Ro- Romance, where they kill it, where everyone dies at the very end of the movie? Isn't that just like a Shakespeare play? Yeah, Hamlet, right? Sorry, Larry. <laughs> Hamlet, though, I'm not right? Sure. Yeah. Hmm. I think so. Everyone dies at the end, right? Rosencrantz, Guildenstern. Now all these people—they all die at the end. They're all dead in the thing. Or is it Macbeth that they all die? Isn't isn't the Lion King based on Hamlet? Is the Lion King based on Hamlet? Yeah, because <laughs> not every not not all the lions die at the end of the Lion King. Nope. No. Which so is that's the, what makes the me Macbeth? Think, everyone that's what makes dies. Me thinks it's Macbeth. Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe it is Macbeth. Which one's the one that happens in Denmark? Uh, we need a Shakespeare expert. <laughs> this is way too high, Jane, bro. Do you, do you remember school? Oh, no? fuck. Wow. Oh, shit. You know, I remember something from grade 10. Um, grade 10 uh, English. We had to... stupid talk. I know, but a great... This is, this is how stupid my brain is. Okay, I'm 44 years old, almost 45. I'm almost 45 years old. When I was in grade 10, I would have been like... Uh, 15, right? So this, this is like 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I was asked to memorize a a, a, a verse from, um, I don't even remember the play. I think it was King Lear. It was King Lear. Uh, no, Julius Caesar. It was Julius Caesar. It was Julius Caesar in grade 10. I had to memorize it. And I still memorize it to this day. Would he were fatter, but I fear him not. Yet if my name were liable to fear, I do not know the man I should avoid so soon as that spare Cassius. He wow. thinks much. He's a great observer. Uh, seldom he smiles, but smiles in such a way that he mocks himself and scorns his very spirit. You know, this is crazy shit that's in my head. Yeah, wow. but from my from like grade ten, yeah. there's no point to it's, be there. It's crazy how your brain works, but I don't know <laughs> if if that for everybody, but like 
I got like it's not I can't recite something, but I can remember something that means only something to me way back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we all have, I think that kind of one thing that you are. Yeah, but there's a million of them. You I got can a million re- of I can them. Yeah, recite, I only have a few. I can recite like commercials that I have no business. <laughs> you know, sure. you, can you not sing jingles from when you're a kid? Absolutely. Especially Steve, because I look at Steve because yeah. he's like my age. So he's like, uh, back when we were young, like the commercials were like catchy jingles. Oh yeah. You're gonna wash that gray red out of your hair, oh, that's right? That's a good one. Yeah, you know that one. I do know that one. And then uh, there's a whole bunch of them like that that you just kind of remember. Bye, remember that? Manon. Yeah. <laughs> remember Need More Calgon, Ancient Chinese Secret, huh? That's right. Well, and it, but that's not a song, but it's still like uh, you can't forget that, right? That commercial. Where the guy, yep. how do you keep the clothes so clean? He goes into the Chinese uh, uh, laundry, and then the uh, the wife comes out and says, "Hey, we need more Calgon." And when the guy goes, "No," he goes, "How do you get the clothes so clean at the, the Chinese uh, uh, laundromat?" And then the Chinaman says, <laughs> "I should." He, the <laughs> Chinese fellow says, uh, um, "He goes, I, I, it's an ancient ancient Chinese secret, right? Right. That's what he says." And then his wife comes out and says, we need more Calgon. And then the, the customer goes, ancient Chinese secret, huh? And he's like, oh, you got me. Uh, right? I'm a dirty liar. <laughs> 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 That's when you can still trust the Chinese in commercials. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a more, it was a more fun time. That's <laughs> uh, crazy. Uh, so bad. <laughs> laugh so much it's because it's so inappropriate like it just has no business being yeah. uh said but it's funny to me <laughs> that's why i laughed at chinaman yeah. <laughs> chinaman China, i heard chinaman just recently and um and where someone lit oh i remember who i heard it from but i won't bust him but it was a real human that i know well and i care for deeply but uh he said he had a bunch of chinamen and i know for a fact they were from vietnam <laughs> <laughs> And so, but just to hear a guy call a person from Vietnam a Chinaman with no <laughs> conscience at all, it was like, it made me feel so happy on the inside because that's, that brings me back to my, to the lake of my childhood, you know? Like, yeah. you just, you know, oh, people still do, <laughs> do that. Reminds me of going to my grandpa's house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nice. It makes you feel like, uh, you know, grandma's hugs. Yeah. <laughs> Old-fashioned racism. <laughs> yeah. You think of like Mickey Rooney, and then you think Mickey <laughs> Rooney dressed up like a Chinese guy in a movie. It's the best because <coughs> it's the best because <coughs> they don't care. Yeah, but we're Canadian. Like, this is normal. Like there's no, they have no remorse because they don't think it's bad. Uh, yeah, but it's no big deal. It's like uh, like in uh, South Park, they say Canadians are beady eyed head flappers. Yeah. Not one Canadian has ever been offended by that. No, no. no one gives a shit. Who cares? They can say we've ruined the world, that we're like these dumb, polite losers that that are just like, oh, like, take advantage of us because we're dumb. And then we live up to it. And then, yeah, yeah. We do a pretty good job living up to that stereotype. It's only like 90% correct. <laughs> but the rest of us are still like not offended. We're like, yeah, I get it. I see those people. They live in Saskatchewan, by the way. They're not here. <laughs> I get no listeners from Saskatchewan, <laughs> so fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Alberta, you're on my team, because I got Alberta, no Saskatchewan. Hmm. Quebec, Ontario. Quebec. Al- yeah, Quebec's no problem. Yeah, they like boozing it up. I like Quebec. I got no problem with them, except for um, I still think uh, they should just speak English. 
That's what I really think. Because it's cheaper, and the rest of the world speaks English. Like yeah. it's no offense to your culture. I know it's sad. It's you just lost. like another thing we. But have technically, to deal with. we beat the beat you in the war the first time, and we still give you your language because we just love you because you're French or whatever. You like, you you made the Eng- I'm not English. I'm Dutch or I'm Dutch Hungarian, but the the English love the French. Like they kiss the French ass no matter what. They beat them in a war, and then they're like, yeah, but you can still live here and keep your language and fuck my family. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're like they're like uh, they're still like they love the French no matter what I, they give them everything, um, but anyways, I just think like the rest of the world even France speaks English for business. Why yeah, is Quebec right. being so sticky about it? Because they're only they're hanging on to. Right. They did lose like two hundred years ago, and they're losing. They're lose, going to lose now too. Like it's just the world's moved past that old problem. It's not a. It's not. No one cares anymore. It's not even like French and English are the two big things. Like, there's a whole bunch of other languages that are probably going to be bigger than both of them. Chinese. Mm-hmm. Mandarin. Um, Spanish. Uh, Spanish Punjabi. Punjabi, oh. Maybe. I'm just guessing, because there's a lot of people there. Yeah. Is that what they speak in a- India, Punjabi, or is that only one of the languages they speak? I have no idea. Hindi? <laughs> Hindi? <laughs> Damn it. If Indian people are out there that are going to tell me how stupid I am, please give me an email, lifeinthedutchhall at gmail.com. Otherwise, just call me a retard and never listen to me again. And I don't care because I deserve it. But I would rather be educated so I can never make this mistake again. But if you'd like to give that, lifeinthedutchhall.com. You can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things. We're Dutch Hall. Look for us. Also, on a f- in a few weeks from now, we're moving to Sunday nights at the church. But we don't know when. It's all contingent on Internet. As soon as we can get that. But we are making that move. I want to make you aware of it. If you'd like to come see me, uh, I am going to Toronto on a couple Thursdays. Look for it on our website. I will post it. It's the Crazy 8 show. It's a comedy show in support of depression. And uh, I also have some fall dates coming up with Showtime that I'll make you aware of. But uh, uh, thank you very much. Sorry about the mix-up yesterday. And uh, thanks, for Kevin, for straightening us out. Until next week, we'll see you NT. See you next Thursday.